Hello, friends, and welcome to the Dice at the Table podcast. I am your DM and storyteller, Drew Smith, and along with our cast of heroes, we plan on taking y'all on a little journey. A journey to Misplodnia. But before we get into all that, why don't we take a moment to say hello to our players? Joining me today, we have my lovely wife, Allie. Hello. And our good friend, Sherry. Hello. And also, for everybody listening, we have a special guest joining us today, our good friend, Missy. Hey. So I'm really excited to get this thing going. I'm pretty sure everybody else is, too. So let's just, uh, without further stalling, get right into it. Uh, what do you say, guys? A little, yeah. little, yep. a little background story? Uh, so, just to kind of catch everybody up for what's been happening, uh, we had our heroes, yeah, heroes, meet, and they had just actually obtained an axe that they retrieved from this wooded grove, uh, had just gotten it back to Master Andre, and were taking some time off. He was doing a little bit of, uh, research and exploration into what this axe was going to be useful for, and the group had a little bit of time to themselves. We picked up with our characters uh, celebrating and enjoying some libations at the local tavern. They were having themselves quite a time and actually ended up stumbling across one of Six's old traveling mates in the caravan of Madame Z. After deciding to slam your drinks and then pursue this gentleman, you drunkenly made your way through the town, out along the northern road, and into the woods where you followed this young man who you recognized as Victor. Uh, you followed Victor back to the caravan and noticed that uh, one of the wagons was kind of broken down and off to the side of the road. Fortunately enough, it was the wagon that Six kept a lot of her stuff in. So, once again, quite inebriated, you all decided to sneak up to the wagon, retrieve Six's things, steal a horse along the way, and, uh, yeah, make your way back into town. Made your way most of the way back, actually, I believe, on the horse. Uh, ended up passing out on the horse, waking up the next morning to Master Andre in your ear, telling you to immediately get back to him. He had urgent news. So you guys, long story short, found out that this axe was actually going to be quite useful in his future endeavors of possibly escaping this place or something, he said, and was quickly heading back to his tower on the northern end of Lake Vistine. So he headed back there with the axe and all of his stuff in tow. You guys followed shortly after. Along the way, you decided to camp out next to a lake and grab some breakfast, fought a giant crab. Yuvi got himself knocked unconscious, but was thankfully revived. And then you made your way back to, minus that small little encounter there, made your way back up to the tower with no problems. You guys, uh, while there, found out that apparently... Master Andre had been hard at work uh, getting this machine or whatever it was going that he had been working on. Using the handle, which you guys knew, a giant femur bone that had been imbued with magic power, was basically strapped up to this machine and was uh, used to complete this arch, this arcane arch. As the machine was fired up, the arch lit up and you saw a brief moment of sunshine. It was almost like you could see through the mist, and you actually saw, like, the material plane again. You were out of Shadowfell for a moment, or at least had a glimpse into it. But then things went awry, unfortunately. The machine exploded, and the room was left in rubble and smoke. Bisplodnia. It bisploded. It bisploded. It bisploded, all right. And that's actually where we're going to pick up with everybody. So, um, the dust is settling, but before we get to the actual room itself, we're going to go ahead and uh, just explain what everybody's kind of going through right now in your own individual moments. So... Six, you feel the warmth of the sun. That was the last thing you saw before you were knocked unconscious. You feel it on your fur. You can feel it penetrating through that top layer of your coat down into your skin and just you're warm to the bone. 
you're sleeping in the sun right now and you can feel it. And mm -hmm. this is so nice. And this is how you've always slept. It's very nice out. You're camping and all of a sudden, quite rudely in fact, you feel a large stick prod you in the ribs. And you kind of open your eyes, stretch, and through the sunny haze, you see this silhouetted figure, very tall feline form holding a large staff in her hands. And once again, you feel her poke you and a familiar voice, the voice of your mentor, X, you hear, Six, it's time to get up, let's go. And then as you hear that voice, everything is quickly, the, the light gets brighter and then it's whisked away and you actually like hear her voice kind of almost go raspy as she says, let's go. And as she does, uh, you wake up and you kind of feel yourself like coughing and breathing out like a little bit of air and rubble and dust. And you're kind of laying there in the rubble. Uh, your ribs hurt because there's actually rocks kind of like piled on you a little bit. One of the tables is flipped over next to you and you are laying there. Slowly recovering. I thought this was the safe zone. <laughs> UV, your dreams, I guess you can call them that, are a little different. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's just, again, you guys, the explosion happens, everything just shoots rubble everywhere. You guys are blown back against the wall, and your dreams are, like, it starts with just this bright focus. It's almost like the sun, just staring at the sun. Like, the, if, if we were going from, like, a camera's perspective, your view is just perplexed on this. And as it zooms out, you actually see that there's a black expanse around it. And as we keep zooming farther and farther away from this, we keep backing up farther and farther, going almost light speed away from it. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller in the sky until you are almost, your view is perched on UV's shoulder, like you're looking right alongside her. And you see that it is just a star in a string of constellations. And she's uh, using these stars to navigate herself by the night sky, which you've always done. The stars are very important to you. They mean a lot. So when you saw the sun, which, of course, as we all know, is just a big fucking star, you got that moment of that connection again of who you really are. Because here, with no sun, with no stars, with no real anything that connects you to the celestial world above you, you feel a little lost here. And this is like this moment of you dreaming you almost feel like uh, it's you, you have purpose again. And it, this is actually uh, you remembering, reminiscing the trail you took to get here, the road that brought you to this world, you know, the constellations of stars that you followed to get here. The, the image that you are left with as your vision kind of comes back to you is the vision of this constellation, these last few stars in the sky that you saw as you went through the mist and into this floating. And as like you walk into this mist, it's the same mist that you awake to clouds of dust still settling around you guys. There's a table flipped over kind of on top of you. You've got like a, some rubble on your legs. You see uh, Six's tail kind of poking out from like a, a little pile of rocks nearby. Uh, and everybody's kind of coming to, stirring. You hear Master Andre in the corner. God damn it, it didn't work. <sighs> what? And he what the up. hell just happened? Andre, what did you do to us? He stands up and he kind of brushes the dust off of himself and with this dejected look of a man who has clearly seen hope almost ripped away from him one too many times, he, he looks around and he surveys the scene. He sees that his arch has been blown to pieces. The arcane machine that he's been working on is dust. His tables, his plans, everything gone. He has to start over. And he looks at this room and he sees everything that is missing and just gone in his work. And he just, tomorrow is another day. <sighs> and he just walks away. And he walks out of the room hanging his head. What? What? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you. And, uh. Dick. And, uh. <laughs> is everybody alive? 
It's I'm just yelling. it's just the you two that were really oh, wow. in the room because everybody else like the the uh, you kind of look around and you see that there was one of his assistants there, but there is like not even a sign of a body. So you're not sure what happened when that explosion went off, but you know that that assistant wasn't behind the sa- the, the safe zone with you guys when you did that. So you don't know, or like he was off to the side, uh, how, it wasn't right next to you two, so it didn't, you don't know what exactly happened or oh, where, what went dear. wrong here, but the fact that you guys are all even out of this is, is pretty insane. Um, okay. And yeah, he, uh, as Master Andre kind of just like dejectedly makes his way out of the room, he turn, he kind of turns back over to you uh, and looks across everything. He's like, uh, should you have the will? To continue this effort tomorrow, we will rest up tonight and begin anew. And he just turns around and makes his way out of the out of the room. He's being a mopey mandy. So we're staying here then, I guess. It's best to go see uh, see Donovan. He will set you up with uh, your your quarters and where you're going to be staying. He will take care of everything, get you your rooms, put you in uh, whatever dormitory things you need, and get you uh, any effects that you may need for the evening. Should you choose to stay anyway, and if that is the case, we will start on a new situation and plan tomorrow. So we don't have a job, we're just kind of going to wait to see what happens? I need to figure out where to start again. So I will think on that while you all... Uh, figure out what you're going to do around here. So Master Andre sets you guys up with Donovan, sends you guys over that way, tells you guys that, uh, yes, yeah, so you're going to meet with him, you can, uh, and then it gives you basically the rest of the day to do whatever the hell you guys end up wanting to do. So you guys make your way down, after you kind of like clean yourselves off and limp your way down to the quartermaster's office, Donovan's there behind the counter working diligently. Donovan is a very spry-looking elf. Elves, you really can't tell how old they are. They just kind of like, it's one of those things where you're like, you could be 200 or you could be 600. It, I really don't. Right, for example, I am 114. <laughs> you look very good for your age. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Donovan's a, uh, he's a very pale, fair-featured elf who uh, is mild-mannered sitting behind the counter. He gives you guys your dorm cards. He lets UV and Six, both of you know. Uh, so UV, you're in dorm C. Six, you have dorm Z. We are not in the same dorm. He looks at you and he's like, oh, is it a problem? No, that is not a problem. I mean, I mean, is there a reason you would need to Is there together? a reason not to have us together? <laughs> I mean, usually people who, I mean, even if you're on the same team, like, they don't usually like spending all of their time together. Is that... I have to admit that if I am in a separate dorm, I will still sleep in the same dorm as my friend. You'll be here. And he just kind of takes your ticket back from you and he scratches out the letter and writes... Same. Let's see. I also I don't need a bed. And look, he takes the quartermaster ticket back from you, and he's just like, "Well, you still need this to get into like access into the dorm. They won't let you in." Okay. How's the carpet? Oh, there's no carpet. It's just wood floors. She double checks her pack for the uh, rolled up cardboard that she keeps in there. Okay, what a good. Is there anything else I can get for you right now? You guys look kind of beat up. I heard the big explosion up. In the top of the tower, is everybody okay? Just a bed, I think, <laughs> would be nice in the shower. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay. Oh, um, the cafeteria opens up at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, and you can get meals the next 12 hours after that every day from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. There's food whenever you need it. And between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m.? Uh, there are smaller little places, like vendors, that you can go to. Unfortunately, we're not going to, we, we don't cover that here oh. for you guys. That's oh, like, okay. those are like, you know, snacks, street food, all that kind of stuff. Right. As you guys uh, remember coming in, once you get past 
the outer walls that surround this tower, and you're actually in the inner courtyard. It's almost like a like a strip mall of like little shops and stuff like that of like people who just like set up their tent and they sell like because they know that like adventurers and travelers come through here all the time, so they'll do like you know oh Bobby's discount bolts like <laughs> so you get twenty in the bundle for a gold piece, and it's like you know like you're buying them and like they might not all be straight like the bolts got a nice little curve to them, so when you fire them they. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, like something like that. So. Different experience users. <laughs> yeah, the one sword is like it's. Uh, how sharp is it? It's to sharpen your own sword. Yeah. Sword. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a big chunk of fucking steel. <laughs> <laughs> the DIY. So, that's kind of like what is in the area around for that kind of stuff. So, like, if you were to, after hours, when the cafeteria is closed, want to get any provisions or anything like that that aren't provided by the quartermaster, then you could go down to there and grab. Do you want to eat something that isn't bad food? <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, we should go eat and then rest. All right, so you can... Uh, I'm going to say that it's not quite late enough that you would miss the cafe. The cafe is still, like, cl- like closing, so you'd catch, like, the dregs of that at the cafeteria. Right. Or you can go out to the, the like, get street Let's food. No, we're going to go get cafeteria. street food. Oh, we're just going to get street food. <laughs> oh, right? If we go to the cafeteria, we're going to eat the bad food. That's the B-A-D-D food. Oh, right. The bad food. Um, no, Did you yeah, not get that joke? No, I got that joke. I was just... <laughs> Where were you a second ago? <laughs> hungry. Just very, very hungry. Close food. Hungry right, is street not food. a country here. No. I want I some of that Mexican fucking head. street corn, please. Whatever that shit is. Oh, yeah. That. So it's actually... Uh, uh, excuse me. It's gnomish street corn here. Yes, and okay. And it's uh, the shit. So you yeah, guys, that's what I want. <laughs> they offer two mm. different options. There's the sweet or the savory corn yes. uh, option. I yes, both. both. Okay, cool. So you each, both uh, you each both are walking around with two cobs on yes, sticks. That's right. One of them has like uh, like a caramel like sugar kind of coating thing around. It's almost like a caramel apple, but it's. <laughs> corn on the cob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like caramel corn on the cob. It doesn't sound bad. Uh, and then the other one is uh, has like the, the cheese and the and like, we're almost like ranch dressing and bacon all over and it. And bacon. Yes, okay. and bacon. You <laughs> and don't bacon. get the one. You get no and bacon. whatever that red though, right? business is. I don't even know. Yeah, it's like a hot sauce. Uh, so you guys have those. No, you have it's your gnomish right. street corn and you guys uh, eat that lovely meal and uh, you guys go to bed. Um, you guys head up to your room. <clears throat> Don't usually like sleeping on a bed, but this will do, I suppose. I'm like just very tired. I mean, and you really just have to trance anyway. You guys have had a rough day, so you guys both. Um, uh, how uh, is there a space um, there's between like, the floor and the bed? Oh um, yeah, like if you, are you saying like you want to curl up under the bed? I don't want to be all the way under the bed, but like um, maybe uh, if she were to try to get out of the bed in the middle of the night, she'll step right on me. Okay, so she has to right like, step over you. Like you're right. like you're like right next to. She under, wants like, to trap me in my yeah. bed. Well, you could just and get then the other side. she'll forget <laughs> that she's with me and in her sleep and just kind of claw. I would like to remind everybody do. that I'm a house cat. And <laughs> what does your house cat do but sleep either right where you don't want them to on your bed or sleep right where you're going to step on them when you get out of your bed? So I'm not. We're not quite to the same bed point mm, quite. We will. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there first. Uh, for cuddles, you guys. So, it gets cold now. Of course. Especially yeah. when you're I outside. have skin and she has fur. Yes, a please. Right? Yeah. So you guys pass out. And then over the next uh, couple of days, you're just kind of going around getting yourself acclimated to the 
tower and everything in the bad headquarters. So you meet all the people. Uh, Donovan kind of gives you guys your basic provisions and packs and stuff like that. You get your rations. They're good for damn near forever. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sounds well, it's mostly just jerky. Good. You know, jerky and I'm crackers. I'm like, hoping it's... they're giving me actually like nuts and dried fruit because I don't want the jerky. If you request the uh, vegetarian option. They, I know, exactly and it's probably it's so annoying because it's like... You literally are just like, yeah, can I have the vegetarian option? And Donovan's just like, oh, well... Yeah, but we usually don't get a lot of you around here. And then he like he actually is like, hold on, one second. And he goes in and he like pulls out this bag of trail mix and he goes, this is normally what it is, and it just has like MRE like in big letters oh, on no. the fucking side, and you know, like it's a big bag of like, nuts and stuff. And he goes, but I make my own personal granola. Do you want some? Are you a vegetarian too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Let me see your stuff. <laughs> so he, like, pulls out, that. and he's got, like, this granola that, uh, it's got, like, honey and almonds in it and yeah. stuff. And he's like, this is a little bit better than the stuff they have here, only because, I'll be honest, I haven't had to order a sack of this in, like, ten years. So you what guys... does he want for it? Do I just, can I just... No, have... he's just he's just offering you some, some granola, so... <laughs> he's uh, so excited there's another he's one. He's so happy that there's <laughs> another one good, in here. I'm dude. going to... That's I'm going to always... a bottle of my shampoo. Okay, so this he gives my you... turn. might turn your hair green. He turns, he he. he gives you like a small little like uh almost like a tiny little mason jar full of like his own homemade Sweet. like granola. I'm gonna give him exactly the same back and shampoo. <laughs> mason jar. <laughs> and he holds up the shampoo mason jar and he's like, do I drink it? Or, you could, I suppose. I you mean, hear looks... six yell from like across the wherever castle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's so good. Technically you can drink it. I I mean <laughs> it's like a smoothie, I suppose, but this comes running out of nowhere. Don't you give that away, she grabs it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. He goes, I, I prefer to have my own conditioning regimen anyway. So thank you, though. She can have it. It's all right. So a couple of, a couple of days go by, and uh, you guys uh, are, are actually uh, meet, greeted by Master Andre at, at a meeting. He like calls you guys in for a meeting. He actually has the two of you, and then there's also a younger gnomish gentleman who's hanging out in the meeting room with the two of you. He's like, yes, I've called the three of you in today because we're going to try this formation for the next assignment I have for you all. I have been doing some research, and it turns out that there is a magic tome that is bound and protected uh, that uh, is not too far, about a week's, week and a half's travel from here. And uh, if you call, could go and retrieve this tome, I will have uh, the information packet has already been given here to Niles, and he will uh, distribute that to the both of you on your travel, and you can... Uh, if you could please retrieve this book in the utmost urgency and in the best case possible, please. We don't want to need the pages burned away or removed. They are all quite important. And then as he kind of like shuffles around a little bit, he goes over and you see like as he moves away, like there's like a couple of things like written on the like chalkboard thing behind him and they're all like half of them are either like crossed out or like erased and like faded off and it's like all these different ideas that he has and stuff and like he's got, it looks like he has not slept in probably a day. Uh, he looks very uh, just rattled and out of it as he's kind of going around the room, uh, passing out the uh, little bits of like things he's like kind of looks like he's setting up things already for a, the, the next experiment that he might be working he's like putting over a little hot plate and kind of like putting some uh, pouring a couple of liquids in uh, into that you know yes uh, Niles will give you all the information as you guys uh, head on out to the next uh, retrieval please uh, don't die okay yeah uh, so he gives you, you guys basically just meet with him uh, briefly. He hands you all a, uh, a small little like envelope, like a manila envelope that has uh, all the information that you need about what it is you are seeking. Um, when 
Do we leave? Um, the sooner you can uh, scoot the better. I know you do have a horse that you brought with you, so you might want to make your way down to the stables. Make sure you check in with the quartermaster. I heard Donovan has a couple of things he wants to try out with you yes. uh, for something. And then uh, and he looks over at you six and he's like, uh, specifically you, he said he was working on something after he met you, and he is very interested in trying and having you see what that does. You guys are sent by Master Andre to meet with Donovan has a couple of things for you guys, uh, specifically for you six, that he wants you to check out. Yes. Remember when we were speaking, ooh, it was a couple of days ago, uh, in the mess hall, and you mentioned that you guys really had some problems with those uh, those dastardly werewolves and you yes. needed something the silvered. Dogs. Yes, the, the, the docks, as you called them. Yes, those ones. As it turns out, I've been doing a little bit of messing around with some things, and I know that you like to be a little bit more, I don't know, stabby. I, I came up with a couple of things here. We have uh, a couple of ideas, and I kind of want you to just try them out, see which one you like the best, and tell me what you would, uh, what you would like to use. Mm. Uh, so he has for you three items. Uh, before you, you see a silvered rapier, a silver-bladed dagger, and then what look to be a collection of little claw caps that have little silver blades on them. So he basically is just going to have you go ahead and roll. Uh, we're just going to roll a d4, and if you roll a four, you roll again, and it's just to see, like, you're gonna pick these items up and kind of like toy with them each and see which one you get. Like which one. Oh, and the dice are going to, to decide which one is the yeah, one. Yeah, which that one speaks to you the best. Ah, so D4, you said, yes, right? Yes, yeah, roll a D4. Go ahead. Sure, sure, sure. There we go. Here D4. We go. Two. A two. Yeah, so that is actually going to be the claws. Yeah, so he, he explains and he pulls them out and uh, he. Uh, so yeah, I saw that you were particularly dexterous with these right here. These seem to be nice for you. You were. You, you walked right over and immediately cut my coin purse off my hip. That was very interesting. I like that. <laughs> oh, you noticed. Uh, well, I mean, I couldn't not. You put them on and immediately were looking around for something to snick with them. I saw it. <laughs> so, uh, steel reinforced with a silver plating that is going to allow you to penetrate through the uh, magical flesh that does exist for these uh, were-creatures and also going to be useful against nasty little vampires and other such ghoulies oh, and things. I like them very much. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Yes. Um, she very carefully puts them on the ends of her left paw. Awesome. Very cool. Alright, so you now have uh, your unarmed strikes now do, with your claws, do silver damage. Uh, so okay. you will be able to um, mark that down. So in what, your sheet. Yeah, what is that? Where's, and that allows you to... Uh, it's just that it has silver, or does it add anything to like the damage amount? Or uh, anything like it probably that? doesn't take away from the damage. Right, it doesn't take away from anything, uh, and it's just going to now make sure that your damages on... Um, like any creature that is resistance has resistance to damage. Like certain like ghouls, werewolves, and I'm pretty sure like vampires and stuff have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing attacks from non-magical or non-silvered items. And now that your items are silvered, they're not going to do any additional damage, but they will not get halved okay. damage when you do these attacks. So just to make it crystal clear, these are silvered, not magical. Correct. If I wanted to get them magical. Is uh, that something I'd be able to do? And you ask that to Donovan, and he kind of looks around and he's like, Well, um, so my work is more or less with uh, just smithing, arcane stuff. Like, in terms of that, you'd probably need to go to Master Andre and see mm. if it's something that he could work out for you. I'm pretty sure he said that he's got, he's been working on this, like, salve that he wants to try and get me to imbue into my metals. The problem is, it's very volatile, and the last time that I was trying to forge a dagger that he put some of this solution into, 
it exploded and hmm. damn near blew my forge up. That could be troublesome. I yeah, it was that. not yes. a good time. Yeah, I didn't hmm. enjoy it. So maybe another time uh, when Andre is a little less frantic as he seems. It's probably now. a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Later. <laughs> we'll see you around, guys. You, uh, good luck on your your mission. I heard that uh, Master Andre gave you a new mission. So uh, good luck out there. Let's just hope that uh, we can actually not not blow up the castle this time. Uh, was there anything you wanted to do at the time uh, while well, Six was doing all this, or did you accompany her for that? Um, just before we leave, I wanted to fill up all my spell components and mm -hmm. my back stock on my dried berries and nuts, and also try to get some honey, like raw honey from one of the from things, the bees' buns. <laughs> one of the things that they do actually here just is in the courtyard. Somebody That's, that's it, what I want to do. I want to reach right into a thing and stick it right into a like jar. In the courtyard. They actually have a small garden that's tended to by a couple of the uh, cooks that work for Master Andre in the tower. Uh, and they also have uh, what looks to be like a small like uh, apiary setup so that you could like potentially harvest a little bit of honey. Uh, so if that's something you want to go do, you can spend the time while Six is up there. Just go ahead for the hell of it. Give me a nature check just to see how well you interact with with everything. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to puff down a clove real quick and okay. blow it all over and kind of just walk into it so I can mask myself for the smoking. Okay, cool. Like uh, give me advantage then on your nature check, please. Nice. A 20. Dirty. Dirty 20. Yeah, so uh, what you did not know about these bees before you encountered them was that these are actually special arcane bees that produce oh. a certain type of magical honey, and this honey actually has healing properties. Like, oh. whereas traditional honey is antibacterial and, you know, can be very good to, like, help you with other, like, ailments and stuff, sore throats or whatever, this shit will actually restore hit points. This honey is basically the equivalent of, like, a healing potion when you when you take some of it. So okay. it, What's a dose? A dose is roughly, like, a spoonful, I'm saying, so you're able to grab like a small jar's worth of this stuff. Because what it is, is in order to even get close to these hives, you have to be able to like basically trick the bees into thinking that you're not there. I'm gonna say that you got four spoonfuls out of the jar is what you're able to pull. And these have to be like pretty decent size. I'm talking like, like a big like wooden spoonful that you're pulling out of this. In the, one of the local fields nearby, there's actually a vineyard. So this honey actually has like uh, almost like a blueberry grape like flavor to it when you taste it like it's got like a berry flavor underneath it and it probably just from... also makes it like a blue color yes so uh and that's how you know that this is the special arcane honey that you guys have uh unless you have four doses of it and that will heal you for a 1d8 plus two per dose so per dose so you've got four doses of healing honey uh, that you guys can use. Now, I was that not was expecting awesome that no. at all. <laughs> I really wasn't. I just wanted for the flavor, literally. I was gonna play, just I make it like honey. be a thing where you were gonna just be able to snag a little bit of it, but like if you yeah. were gonna roll lower, then you were gonna take damage. But I was like, no, because she rolled like you beat a twenty. I was like, no, you did fucking good. Like you got this shit. So you actually like between that and the whole smoke thing, I basically imagined that you used the clothes. Like I know, I know scientifically why you did that. But the way that I'm in my head and like canonically doing this is like that that was your mask of the wild. Like you like just oh, puffed yeah. up some smoke and blew it out and then hid in the smoke and like just basically were like just you just blew Would've smoke been a out. Would have a lot cooler if I had thought of that. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> you just blew smoke out and then just like walked into the cloud of smoke and we're like, no. No, you don't see me bees. No, I'm no. I almost like that I did a bee dance a little better. It's, it works. I like that. I don't want to like call out copyright infringement, <laughs> but I feel like Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree 
already covered this disguise in a cloud <laughs> from the bees That's to steal their honey. You are definitely correct. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> when Pooh did, I know. Disney's not fucking around either. They will fucking sue you. Yeah, you, but you didn't sing a song. You danced. There's a difference. So Niles informs you as you guys uh, make your trip. You got the. It's a relatively uneventful journey to get to where you guys are heading. Uh, it's actually just the. Uh, so it's. I'm gonna say that you're going to the little town, uh, a little uh, town two lakes over, past the large town of Valzera, into like this. Uh, oh, so not even out in this. Uh, taking the western road and going along the northern end of two different lakes that you haven't even encountered yet, and that'll take you about a, about a week. We're going to say that it's a week of travel, not a week and a half, because Andre doesn't ever leave, so he's a boomer and doesn't realize that you can actually, you know, get places Move faster, faster. yeah. <laughs> he's a boomer and doesn't realize you can move faster. Just, you know, we've got a pretty good pace that we keep mm -hmm. at, as long as it's just the two of us, and we have our horse. Oh, no, it's not just the two of us. Oh, that's right, we have the gnome. Well, we have to name the horse. The horse's name, uh, we could name it Sunshine. I mm. like sunshine. Sunshine the horse. Sunshine, sunshine, baby. So, you guys get Sunshine the horse, Niles the gnome, the two of y'all, and you head off after you've gathered all your things and make your way to the uh, the foothills over by the far western side of Esplodnia. The closer that you go west is the closer that you get to Ravenloft Castle. And so closer that things get more under Strahd's control. Is Ravenloft Castle where Strahd lives? Yes, and that's, uh, so closer to Ravenloft Castle, the closer to Strahd, the more intense his grip on things becomes. So the more dead things look, the more creepy things are. It gets creepier? <laughs> Sure Even fucking does. Creepier. So you it's guys uh, actually get to this, like, it's almost like a mound temple that looks like it's been covered by ages and ages of dirt and moving soil and stuff like that. And, like, uh, grass has even grown over the top of this mound. But there's still a small dugout entrance way that looks like it's kind of still somewhat trodden as if people may or may not have attempted to go into this place for spelunking, cave diving reasons or whatever. But it doesn't seem like it's been frequented enough to the point where it's like people are like, this is a great idea. We should all go here. It's a great vacation spot. You can go down, see the sights, maybe die, don't come back. When I say like a mound, it actually is about the size of like the, the pyramids. Like these, this is a big, huge mound of earth. But it's just ages of actual trees, foliage, and shit like that. Flora fauna has thrived on top of this thing. And then what once was underneath it has been lost and forgotten to nature for the most part. Mm. But the map that Niles is reading leads you guys up to here. And as he stops, he kind of looks at his paperwork and he goes, We were sent here to get uh, Bartholomew's best bestiary book. It's the best parts of all all the most mythic beasts that can be harvested for their arcane means. That sounds pretty fucking gross, man. Do you know, do either of you really know much about like nature and animals and stuff? I'm not, I'm not a big nature guy. I'm more about like books. And, I know and, and absolutely numbers. nothing about nature. I dabble. No. Well, then I think we're probably going to have to lean on you for some of the stuff here, uh, lady, if you don't mind. And he kind of like leads for you to uh, like um, lead the way in there. And before you, like as you guys get up to this uh, large grass mound and you kind of see everything uh go ahead and give me a nature check actually just to see if you see any tracks of anybody who may or may not have come through here recently 17 17 there's a lot of animal trails through here because it looks like nature has definitely taken over in this area for the most part you uh are seeing some tracks that are even unfamiliar to you like stuff not so much that like is unfamiliar that you've never seen but like animals that like you're certain either haven't existed for a while or are so rare that you never see them. And like, especially in the Shadowfell, you're like, how would you find these things 
here. This is kind of weird. Now, mind you, like I said, this is a dirt mound temple, and whereas everything around it, for the most part, because you guys are pretty far west, is fairly dead, it looks like that the actual uh, grass growing on this temple is still fairly green and verdant. Like, not super bright, but nice enough to the point where it's alive still. Uh, and there are even some bushes and stuff like that in the surrounding areas that look like they might still be kind of... So um, the magic energy that's inside is kind of keeping Seems like that. And the, from, from your nature check that you got, you would assume that that's probably the case. That, yeah, that that's what you were able to glean from everything. That, like, there's... Whatever it is, there's some powerful energy here that's nature-based that is giving this world its uh, vibrant life that it has. Mm. So yeah, so you guys, uh, you guys make your way in through the temple, and it is absolutely gorgeous in here. But as you progress through, everything looks to be uh, hand carved from the earth itself for the most part. Like it's all like dug out from the dirt and like what bits of stone and stuff like that are under here. Roots that from like any bushes and trees that were growing above on top of the dome have been woven into like intricate patterns like into the wall and then pushed back through again so it's like you, you see like these braided knots of like roots like come through the wall and go back out again and like you see that like some of them are even used like you see that roots have been pulled through and like rerouted so that you have handles to like step up through doorways and stuff it's amazing. That's awesome man. You guys are kind of going through, you see a couple of different things that concern you at first, though. Give me another nature check real quick to see exactly what you notice. Would I be noticing anything? You can go and give me a perception check if you'd like. What about Niles? Perception? Is he noticing yeah, anything? I'll have, him, I'll have him roll a perception check as well. Uh, eight. Oh, he got a two. Ooh, uh, 17. Nice. So, and you actually kind of bring this more to UV's attention six as you're walking along. Um, you notice that, like, how everything was very vibrant outside, it seems to be, like, not dying quickly, but it just seems to be a little bit less healthy inside. Does it seem like maybe everything is more muted than here? Six, you swear that, like, you are standing in a room where you survey the room and you see all, like, some vines, like, with, like, some flowers that are, like, nice and open. Mm -hmm. And as you kind of spin back around again, some of them kind of starting to close and, like, depress and, like, fade away a little bit. And it does. It seems a little muted and feels weird. Now that things are dying, but just that, that like, maybe some of that energy is being sapped. Hmm. By us? You don't know. But you see that it's happening. She brings it to your attention. Is it when we are near something? Or it's is not so much when you are near it necessarily, but it seems like that either your presence or something's presence in here is having an effect on what's going on around here. And as Niles, I rolled a two, but he just kind of looks around and he's like, well, flowers are uh, freaking out. Thank you for your input, Niles. That's yeah. uh very this, helpful. So I'm here for. I said I'm a numbers guy. I told you that. That's right. Okay. I mean, I, how many flowers are uh, freaking out then? <laughs> a dozen. There right are now. a dozen flowers freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Niles. My pleasure. You guys continue on, and as you go through this expansive like opening in the ground uh, underground. You pass through and there's uh, like a little bit of an indentation in the ground. It almost makes like, like a little bracket. Like you step in, there's like a little channel in the ground that you step over. And as you step over and you guys kind of continue on through and Niles has his little torch out or whatever. And he's like, man, it's getting kind of misty in here. You know, and it's in uh, the mist and fog, like not so much fog, but it is. It's like kind of hard to see now. Like there's like, it's kind of getting thick. Like the air is just denser. And as you're walking through. Uh, it's probably also getting dark, right? Yeah, it's getting darker for sure. And you both have dark vision though, right? I yeah, so you're good. doesn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah, domes have dark vision okay. as well. So he's able to see. So he's looking through and, but he still notices that like, uh, he's peering through the mist. And as he's kind of walking along, um, I need you two to roll me a luck check, please. D20. Just raw luck. Just raw luck. 
16? 10. 10? 10. Okay, and he rolled an 11. So you are the lucky one. Uh, six. Oh. You guys are walking along, and he's kind of pointing out that like it's getting misty, and you're like kind of looking around, and you like, sniff the air real quick, and as you're like paying attention to more like what's up in front of you, you don't see that you step on this little like pressure pad plate oh. thing, and as you do behind you, over that channel that you guys stepped across, a wall drops down. Oh, come on. Oh, fuck, are we stuck in here? <laughs> Niles, just like as soon as it hits, he's just, whoa, whoa. I suspect you were not expecting that. Well, I mean, I knew that there was going to be potentially traps and stuff, but it looked like ever this place had been, like, abandoned. I figured anybody would come through here and set most of the stuff off. Let's just stop assuming things, hmm? Why do they send us with the dudes who assume it's everything? Probably he knows as much about this as you guys do. He's an accountant. He uh, sits behind the desk. He's an There are 27 booby traps. <laughs> where? Why do they send somebody who sits behind a desk all day long on a week and a half travel with us to for a, book. a fucking dungeon <laughs> to look for a book? Because he knows what book you're looking for. That, that wall kind of like drops down behind you guys. Kind of freak out for a minute. Niles doesn't really know. He's like, uh, well, guess we gotta press forward. You guys progress through the dark. It continues to get not so much darker, but just thicker with like this like dank air. It's like got like a heaviness to it. Come across this open chasm. And for being underground, it seems very strange, but you guys didn't feel like you've been going down at a severe angle, but you've noticed that, like, you haven't been going straight or up, for that matter. It's just you've been going slightly down this whole time. Mm. But it seems like wherever you are, they found, like, the, there's this large pocket. It opens up into this expanse where there's a huge drop-off. And uh, you see three bridges mm. that look like they, uh, they're rope bridges. They're about 15 feet apart, and they are going off into the ether. And the thing with these bridges is they look kind of unsteady like maybe you're not sure if they would even be able to hold one person's weight let alone like like two at max but all three of you could not take the same bridge so you ha kind of have options as to how you want to hmm. like divide this up or whatever but um, do they all go to the same place it looks like they do you can't see it's dark it's so dark that it goes 60 maybe it goes beyond 60 feet of dark vision and they continue on into the sh uh, shadowy darkness so there is a chance that we each go down separate path entirely <sighs> This is true, yeah. That, so that could happen. But there's no way for us to each take a bridge at the same time. So it'd have to be either one. Oh no, you two of you could go on the same bridge at once if you would, if you want to. Oh, it okay. seems, but that would probably be the that's max. It, that's the max. Okay. And and that's also assuming that like you know there's like not like a rock or something that falls off of the ceiling and hits the bridge and then all of a sudden right. that's too much weight and it breaks and you know. I. Looks like it could hold two of you. Definitely not all three of you could take the same bridge. So and like, we if can't they do see across, so we don't. We you can't just see don't to the know. other side, but you, like, the bridges are all close enough that you would at least be able to make contact for what you can see the sixty feet out into the darkness. So like, they don't take like drastically different directions. No, they look like, like they're all like, like, like parallel, they sort of mostly. Yes. Okay. But the whole point is, is that it's so dark in here that you cannot, cannot see, see the other side. Yeah, no, I it get It just that. looks like sure, these sure. bridges just go I off I just want to make darkness. sure that, like, you know, if we all decide to take a bridge up piece, we're at least going in at least slightly the same direction, not like, you know, one goes west, one goes north, and one goes east. They're right, like, no, no, <laughs> they're all going in relatively the same cardinal okay, direction. Okay. So far as we can see now. Yes. So far as we can see, which we can't. Yeah. Well, let's see how what happens in 60 feet when we can see an additional 60 feet. Okay, so are we going to... Just go up each a different bridge and keep an eye on each other. They, um, question. Yeah. How close are they to each other? About 15 feet. So, like, 10 to 15 feet, it looks like. So, you, they, it looks like that if there were a situation where, like, you had to jump 
between them, you could. Okay, that's that was my. I was going to make that question. I kind of figured when I you asked how far apart they were. From one to the other, I would I, like, yeah. for example, if one were breaking um, or something. I don't know if I really want to look down, but uh, what does under the bridges look like? Yeah. That also extends for 60 feet through misty darkness into what you cannot see. So the we bottom. just what does do it not know. Sound like? Is mm. there anything I can pick up and maybe chuck down? Hey, you pick up a rock and you toss it down, okay. and it sounds like it goes for what you would assume. I mean, you see it go, and when it loses your vision, about another two seconds, then you hear a thunk, mm. and it sounds like it hits something fairly solid. So you can assume probably That's a like break 100 your bones feet. Distance. Yeah. Probably about 100 feet. And then feet. may only Death. just be something stick jutting out, and they may not be the bottom. Right, right. <laughs> may not be the bottom. It oh. might just be something that catches you on your way to the bottom. So, so let's try mm. not to fall. Huh? Agreed. All right. Agreed. Cool. So we agree, let's so, not fall. Uh, does you guys, dude, what is he? Does he have magic? Can he help yeah, us? What if you so uh, what Niles actually, as you ask if Niles has any magic. What are you good at? He looks over and he says, oh, actually, well, you know, I told you I was good at numbers. I'm also good with uh, potions and stuff. And he actually, uh, he pulls out uh, this little vial and he shakes it up. And then he tosses one to you, UV, and he tosses one to you, Six, and they're little glowing, like, glow stick vials. Oh they start to, like, glow bioluminescent. Yours is green, yours is purple, and then he pulls out his and he shakes it and it, like, lights up this blue color. Yay. And he's like, okay, so... If all else fails and we get too far into the darkness where we can't see each other, you have your light. Use your light. You know, if you have to, like, throw it up in the air or shake it around or whatever, he goes, this bioluminescent stuff in here is it's just, well, I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's kind of gross. But uh, it, uh, Six gives her vial a very dubious look. <laughs> <laughs> and... You. I mean, <laughs> like how gross? I've been in this place for a while now, so like. I mean, I do some weird stuff with like bugs. Oh, bugs! <laughs> bugs gross is fine. No, that's fine. As so long as it's not other. Like depending on what kind of weird stuff you're talking about with bugs. <laughs> I mean, Are you milking cum. them? <laughs> I mean, right. it's yeah, bug cum. Right. <laughs> so like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah, think it went there. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, it's were, bug cum. Yeah, it's bug cum. So you guys take your little uh, glowy bug cum vials and uh, head down the <laughs> bridges. Uh, before you guys get on the bridges, though, just real quick, I want you each all to your each three of you are going to give me dexterity checks just to see like you're testing the bridges to see how rickety they are and how well you balance on these bridges because they are shitty. Uh, Niles rolled a seventeen, so he. What are we doing? Uh, we're going to say, uh, uh, let's go acrobatics. That's balancing. Oh, oh, well, I got an 18 now. Nice. I got a dirty 19. Dirty 19, nice. And he got a, a dirty 17. A well, uh, no, a natural 17. A bridge so. would probably be pretty good. 18. Um, yeah, so you guys are all able to, you get across like the beginning of this bridge just fine. It seems like it's one of those things where because it's so long that you have to walk on it just right because if you get too close to one side or the other the bridge would very easily flip just based on the length of the bridge and the physics yes there is magic involved here but real world shit still happens mm -hmm. so you guys go for about 60 feet you said how far you wanted to go uh yeah so we can see the and next we can 60 still see feet. each other you can still time. see each other at 60 feet so you guys make about 60 feet and you take your time niles going a little slower than the two of you so he's like actually like back a little ways like he's not even with you guys you're a little bit farther ahead as you go out and then he kind of you know, you guys get to about 60 feet, and he's like, I, uh, I still don't see anything, and you guys don't either. Uh, it's, you can't see at the end or the you bottom? You can't see the end or the bottom, nothing. But now I need you all to give me, I need you to, need you to give me perception checks. Perception. Yes. Mm. Is he, okay. We're in the middle of the bridge, and we have to look around to see what we see. That's... <laughs> Perception? Yes. Probably not a great I sense. got a 16. 16. 
Just flat, no advantage. Nothing. One more time, a dirty 19. Nice. nice. And, uh, Seems to be the one. Niles rolled a two, so he doesn't notice anything, but the two of you notice that your bridge is like rickety a little bit, even though you've stopped to like peer out and look. It's not what you see, it's what you feel. Oh my God. And you feel like the bridge is like, you know that feeling uh, when you're a kid and you're playing on like one of those like rope bridges and like there's somebody on the other side jumping and or like running and you oh. can feel like that little you depression in it. You can still feel it. people stepping on the bridge. Does oh, it feel like no. somebody is on you the bridge? You can feel people on the bridge. Coming towards you, um, and they're wait moving. from which end? The way we're going, the or way from you're going, oh. and they're moving fast. You grab a hold of the bridge yeah. tightly, oh. and as you guys are seeing this, and you kind of notice this, do you say anything to Niles? Does he? Um, there's someone on my bridge. And as you guys I am pretty sure there's someone on my bridge too. And he just goes, "Oh, I thought that was just me shaking, but I guess there's somebody on my bridge too, guys." And like oh, as you guys fuck. say this, all you see approaching, moving very rapidly, three shadowy figures on the other end of this bridge, like sprinting at you guys. And as they get closer, uh, they kind of start to slow down, but you kind of, you don't really see exactly who you're dealing with, but you do see that it looks to be the shadowy figure in the center bridge directly across from Niles uh, looks to be leading the way. This person is wearing a rather large cloak uh, to cover themselves at the moment. And uh, Missy, would you go ahead and describe your character for us, please? The character that you see is a little slight, standing it around five, six, five, seven, uh, appears to be sort of a slender build under that large billowing cloak. She makes a very distinct effort to stay concealed and there's not much that can be seen except in her hands which protrude out from the middle. You can see she's kind of struggling with a very large book. So um, real quick Missy, can you have your character give me a perception check please? Ooh, that's a 21. Nice. Ooh, nice so you have dark vision. You can see what's going on. Um, we're not going to give away exactly what race you are yet, but we'll, we'll say you have dark vision. Uh, and you, so you see ahead of you in the darkness uh, this small figure. It looks to be standing no more than like three and a half feet tall in front of you. A uh, small, small frame, uh, but you see that like on the bridges that your compatriots have also taken on either side, there are also figures uh, blocking their bridges as well. And uh, you're rapidly approaching as you are quickly fleeing uh, the scene of where you have just been. What do you, uh, what do you do to get past or to deal with uh, what's in front of you here? I'm going to yell to my other teammates, keep going no matter what. And as far as this little guy in front of me goes, I'm pretty sure I can just jump right over him and keep going on my way. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. So go ahead and give me an athletics or acrobatics <clears throat> check, your choice. I'm basically going to treat this as contested grappling, but it's just to see whether or not you're going to be able to like flip over this dude or not. And I'm going to make him roll athletics to try and grab you. I'm also using my athletics. Alrighty. Ooh. And that is a 23. Holding that four. So you like, you run up to this guy and without even breaking stride, you just like plant one hand on his shoulder and flip over this this form of this creature. And like, you just are on over him in a half a second and you continue running down the bridge as if nothing has happened. Uh, and now we're gonna go ahead and flip it back over to UV and six. You two see this hooded figure run through the down this middle bridge and just completely vault over Niles. You don't know what the hell just happened. It looks like she's carrying a book of some kind. You're not entirely sure. Their hands seem to be full, but they're moving Mark, quickly away. Are we coming here for a book? From where you were going. We were coming here for a book. Can we see 
the people she's talking to? Uh, you hear that, like, you kind of notice that she, like, yells out, and as, like, because you're more focused on her at first, or right, this, this person. Right, because she's ahead of them. And, uh, yeah, this person, you're focused on this person coming at you. Yeah, they're kind of, like, in the lead, and then you notice that on your own bridge is, in fact, that, yeah, oh, that's right, ours were shaking, too. There's somebody on our bridge, and there are, in fact, two hooded creatures coming at you. And it looks like they're going to try and make their way past you as well. <laughs> so I need you what guys to go happening? ahead and roll uh, contested either acrobatics or athletics, please. Uh, yeah. You pick. Acro or oh, jeez. Are you kidding me? I can't roll anything today. Okay. I'm rolling acrobatics. Okay, these guys both rolled well. athletics. Mine's a 16. These guys just tried to barrel you over. I rolled a natural 5 and a natural 3 with the plus 2s. Mm. That's only a 5 and a 7 total. So <laughs> I got 13. You both are able to. So the one that tries to run you over, uh, UV, uh, yeah, he kind of like runs up to you and you immediately just put your staff up in the way and he like grabs the staff and tries to like push it down and like push you back a little bit and like run over you. But you plant your back foot and in one motion real quick you just turn your arms and when you do this guy goes flying off the edge no. of the bridge like oh, nothing no. no problems whatsoever he's just gone <laughs> oh uh so yeah that whole thing happens as uh Shit. you just toss him right off the edge of the bridge okay yeah cool so hold him with my friend like kick him with my back <laughs> the other guy uh the other uh, shadowy figure that's approaching you six tries to like, just bowl you over as well and you use their own momentum against them you kind of like roll onto your back and like take them charging into you but then you like flip them up into the air with your back legs yep. and they just kind of spin up into the air and then you just kick them and they go flying off the side of this so bridge high. And they are gone. They go flying into the ether. Now it's just the two of you uh, on your bridges. Six and I pro are going to exchange glances here, I think. And uh, I think the only reason we were able to get away with that not getting bowled over was because we saw it happen to Niles. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I mean, like... Is Niles okay? Like, did he get knocked down? Whatever. He just got, like, pushed down. So he was, like, okay, laying down so the ground. So he didn't go off so the bridge okay. or anything. No, okay, okay. I'm looking at you. Oh, I'm looking in her direction, the way she's running ahead of us, right. back the way we came. And I'm going to start running. Yeah, I'm going to head back towards... You both are doing that? Okay, cool. Real quick, though, I need one of... You, I don't care which one of you does it, but I need one of you to make a perception check for me real quick. Um, mine's uh, plus five. Also five. Oh, okay. So Go ahead. Okay. Oh, it's uh, uh, 23, 23. 23. Yes. 22. 17 plus five. Two. 22. As you kind of turn back, you notice, like, you're not sure exactly how important this is, but you do see as you're, like, turning back away that off in the distance, the edge of that bridge, like, well, like, at the edge of the 60 feet of your dark vision, you see what looks like this, like, swirling mist of, oh. like, clouds and smoke, it looks like, that's, like, approaching on the bridge and coming towards you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were running away from something, weren't they? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Even more reason to go ahead and turn around and run back where we came from. All right, um, cool. I'm also going to shout to Niles, get your booty off this bridge. Yes, we gotta go. <laughs> and Niles is like, yeah, that's a probably a good idea. So uh, as he gets up, he, like, turns and he starts to run, and as he is running... Uh, he's like thumping really hard and he is trying, like he is moving very quickly. He is going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to give him an acrobatics check to see if he can even like try and kick, like, actually, no, first thing I'm going to do is say that since you got over him, what's your speed, uh, Missy, for your character? 30 feet? 30 feet. 30 feet. Okay, this guy only goes 20 feet, so he's already at a 10 foot disadvantage and uh, 10 feet of 10 feet of disadvantage. 10 feet. 10 feet. So I'm going to... So much feet. I'm going to say that he's going to use his entire action to dash just to get up to you, which means it's literally he is going to be like almost neck and neck with you just because in terms of you 
flipping over him, getting a head start. He's like sprinting to catch up to you. And it's the two of you running almost like not quite shoulder to shoulder, but he's like right on your heels as you guys are running up this bridge. And uh, it seems like the bridge is taking quite a bit of stress. It's shaking all over the place. He's making it hard for you to run. What do you do? How much does he weigh? Uh, I'm going to say since he's a gnome, he only weighs like... He's 40 pounds. I'm going to jump really, really high and come down really, really hard. What what kind of check is this? Uh, I'm gonna say this, I want you to give me. It's a it's a jumping. Uh, what's the athletics? But the landing. Uh, well, the yeah. landing is really where and you're kind of so you're trying to like land on top of him. You're trying no, to like just jump and like hit no, him. No, I'm trying to jump. Exert your force down to the bridge the and fling. <laughs> him. Give me. <laughs> out of her way. She's springy sprung in him off of the bridge. <laughs> I'm going to say that because just, I, I know things that obviously the other boy. people don't know right now in terms of your character. I am going to Rocket say boy. just go ahead and give me an athletics check. Just roll. The higher you roll is the higher you jump, which is going to determine how much force you can exert back down on this bridge <laughs> and fling him up. This is all trampoline, baby. Let's see how high you jump. Oh, it's a nine. Nine. Uh, okay, so... I said no. He's running. <laughs> you do a little jump, and when you jump... So, um, I'm gonna say that you guys... You only went, like, 60 feet into the onto the bridge. You're about halfway, Missy, your character, is about halfway back from where these guys were in their point of the bridge. So you've probably got 34, 30 more feet to go before you get to the end of your bridge. And as you jump, and you stomp down, you feel like a little whoosh, and, uh... I'm gonna make Niles make a acrobatics check to see if he can balance and make sure whether he falls or not. If he falls, then he's just gonna fall down onto the bridge and grab a hold of this. Okay, that's a natural four. So he fucks up bad and he like you you bounce and like his knees buckle and he immediately just does that thing where you miss jump on a trampoline and he just drops. And he like grabs <laughs> yeah, a hold of the bridge and he's just like, uh and uh I've done that but when many you do that, yeah, it's, it's always funny even though you feel like you bad. hear something though. You hear, and because you have the dark vision, you can see that the rope on the right side of the bridge connecting your bridge to the uh, end of the platform there starts to snap. So you've weakened the structural integrity of That's this bridge what now. You oh, Niles! <laughs> well, he's on the ground now. So, uh. Get up and run, Niles! <laughs> Where is everybody in relation to where I am? Where you are right now. So you are, I want to say, 30 feet away from the end of the bridge going back the way that you came and back the way that UV and Six came. You are, I'm going to say, right about 10 to 15 feet ahead of these two who are on bridges to your right or left on, that are about 10 feet out on your right or left on either side of you. And they're, like I said, about 15 feet off either shoulder. So, like, they're not right on your tail, one, one more turn and they could potentially even beat you. Like, if you stop to deal with Niles, they could potentially beat you to the bridge, end of the bridge and cut you off. You know this. Like, if you, like, stop to, like, kick this guy off the bridge right now, it could potentially hinder your ability to... If he catches up with me, I'll just punt him. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just gonna keep running? All right, yes. cool. Uh, so, I need to get the fuck out of here. All right, so you only get... Uh, and I'm gonna say that that was your turn for that. So these guys are gonna catch up. The three of you, yourself... UVN6 are all going to break the plane of the platform where the bridges started all at the same time. And as you do, that rope on the right side breaks further, and Niles is now, like, the bridge kind of drops and is hanging sideways. So Niles is, like, hanging off of this bridge that he's going to have to try and now, like, shimmy himself across 
to get back up onto the platform where you guys Does are. Does he look like he's got standing. it? Go ahead and give me a perception check. Oh. He's like, ah! I'm gonna make him make a saving throw real quick just to see a strength saving throw. We got a 19, I so got his a grip holds. 20. Okay, so Ooh. his grip holds, he's not holding on. You see, like, he like has an iron grip, like white knuckle around this thing. So now you two have to choose whether or not you want to pursue Missy or help Niles. Well, that's lame. Oh, we don't get to do both. Make huh? your choice. No, you don't. But how is she gonna get out? The door's stuck. You know that. She doesn't. Well, then we take care of him. Then we get Niles. <laughs> All right, let's get Niles. All right, so you guys give Niles a second. You both stop and you look to try and help Niles up. Door shut. He gets advantage to try and climb off this thing. If he fails, though, he falls. Oh, so I'm going to set this. I'm gonna up. try and hand him my. Yeah, so uh, he's got it. He's got advantage, um, and I'm gonna say that it's a DC 18. Because it's going to be difficult, and he's got the one row, he's got a plus two, so he has to beat a 16 on the dice, and he's rolling with advantage. Natural 10, so that's not going to do it. Second roll, let's see if he survives. This is for Damn Niles. Damn it, Niles! Use your legs! Nat 1! Damn it, Niles! <laughs> Look at I'm not kidding. Instead of handing him my quarter staff to help him, I actually poked him and just shoved him off. <laughs> no! You like rushed to go give it to him, and you poked him in the eye, and he's like, ow! And he goes to like go. grab his eye, and he lets go of the bridge and falls. Oh, <laughs> rip, Niles. We are the worst. And Niles I'm goes so sorry. to his his death. Uh, as he's, like, <laughs> he's like, you stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was just in <laughs> He's like, your days are numbered now. <laughs> oh, it's so good and bad at So you guys, uh, as you guys turn around <sighs> to see what has just happened after your friend uh, and fellow teammate he falls to his death. He's gone. And uh, you guys turn around and remember that, oh, in fact, yes, that door did shut, and now uh, it's the three of you who all are, like, you kind Who's of, uh, it, takes, to save it takes you, like, almost no time, like, really, she, because it, it's only, like, another 30 or 40 feet before Missy realize, Missy's character realizes that she is, in fact, uh, trapped. And the two of you catch up to her in no time at all, and, uh, how, uh, yeah, so. I've hidden. You've hidden? Okay. Not very well. <laughs> There's not much to hide. <laughs> Uh, uh so it's a 13. With your 13 hide, unfortunately, the uh, the two characters, UV and Six, uh, make their way into the room and catch up to you, and with 15 passives on both of them for, for perception, they uh, spot, uh, well, they don't actually spot you so much as uh, behind this pile of old broken china and porcelain and stuff, they, they notice a, well, a rather large tail sticking out. Mm. This is kind of what gives you away. Like elbow UV and see if she sees it, and, and you both oh. kind of do like that. Oh. Kinda, yeah. Was you that better when we came in? I don't believe that was there. <laughs> Fuck, guys! I can hear you talking. <laughs> oh, the tail talks. <laughs> well, why don't you come out then? I step out from behind the so, pillar that did not hide me. And actually, as you step up and you move from behind the uh, like the pillar, the pile of shit that was there, like the broken pillar. You're like, you were like right in the corner next to where that door had kind of closed down, like the wall had shut, uh, and hanging from a rope that looks to have been like something that was suspended in the ceiling, looks to be a wooden tube that's just hanging. Okay. Hanging from the ceiling. Like if- uh, from is it like, something that we can reach? Yeah, on a rope, yeah, that's oh. just, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's like sitting down like at eye level, pretty okay. much, you can just reach over and take it. Does she look like she's gonna cause any trouble right now? What I mean, is she gonna do? You. Where is she gonna go? That's it. She's fine. It's We're good. Too. We are locked in, in case you have not noticed. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take a look at that scroll, but I'm gonna like very. I'm gonna keep my front to this one here. All right. So as you um 
pull the scroll out, you find inside the scroll there is, I'm just going to give you guys each one copy of them, but a piece of rolled up paper, two pieces of rolled up paper. One is a map, the other (laughs) seems to be directions. So the map that you have, the north is, yeah, obviously, it's it's all oriented north. Uh, So yeah, it's north is up on the the, map. It's the top. What you guys are going to do is, uh, the way that you get out of this door is that there is a combination lock that looks like it has been um, depressed into the door. Like, uh, like as the door, as the door, I keep saying door, but the wall, the sliding wall that is now encapsulated you guys in, uh, there are three rolling numbers that uh, look to be like a, you know, like an old like combination lock, and you have to assumingly set the right numbers, and then the door will slide back up. So we have to work together to do this. It looks like possibly. Yeah. Oh. Three numbers, three of us. Yeah, because oh. each one of them. Well, besides that, I well, mean, what are we going to do all the works just so she can get out? Uh, <laughs> She's going to help. Well, the dials aren't all right next to each other either. One oh, is on the far left goodness. side of the door, one is in the middle, and one is on the right. So you'd assume it'd be easier for all three of you to get this thing the right way if you're all doing it. The same oh, okay. Way. But one person could do it, it'd just take a lot longer. Uh, there are hint checks that you guys would be able, will eventually be able to, to work out too if you uh, need to. Misty's character character doesn't seem all that excited about helping us solve this puzzle, <laughs> or that I told her she was going to before actually. Well, you guys, uh, I'm deciding so, if I believe you or not. So you see this map and this. Uh, well, the two of you are investigating the map, uh, UV and Six, and then Missy, your character. You notice that uh, on the floor when they pulled out the map was another sheet of paper that has dropped to the floor. You pick it up and it says it's a route that a group took in their search for treasure. This looks like it's a treasure map, and this is what's written on the parchment. Our search for the lost treasure began at the Northwest Inlet, Windstaff Cove. After unloading our necessities, we traveled east to Lone Pine, then southwest past North Ridge to the Palms Oasis. As evening approached, we continued southeast to Anchor Point, and then camped at the Great Dunes. So that's day one. Day two. In the morning, We arose at the dunes and headed to Dead Man's Cave. After finding it empty, our party continued to the Golden Ziggurat. Heading due east, we made camp at the Swirling Sands. And then day three states that... After a strange night's sleep, we awoke on the third day back at Anchor Point with no memory or trace of traveling there. The Swirling Sands must have taken us in the night. We skirted the Swirling Sands to reach the Red Tower but still couldn't find the treasure. Thinking we may have overlooked something in the cave, we headed back. From there, we headed to the southern coast to see if the treasure was at Kraken Point. Finding nothing, we returned to Anchor Point. What awaited us there was unlike any treasure we'd imagined. There are four different checks that you can make, and I'll let you each make one of them to get a hint if you pass. There is investigation, insight, perception, and survival. And those are the different things that you could glean from these maps, and I'll allow each of you to pick one of those things I'd to roll the check. survival. Okay. I have perception plus four. Okay. Right. I have insight plus five. Okay. Okay. So go ahead and roll your checks for each of you. Six rolled what? I, uh, insight. And what'd you get? I got a 19. A 19. Okay, so you will pass. Uh, perception, 17. Okay, that's a pass. And then UV for your survival? Survival is a 22. Nice. Okay, so you guys were able to get three hits. So, uh, six. The first thing you realize through your insight 
is that the map doesn't have labels, which means the names of the landmarks aren't significant. What's important are their positions relative to one another. Uh -huh. Missy, your character realizes uh, with your perception check that the fact that the expedition lasted three days is significant, and it probably corresponds with the three dials on the wall. UV, uh, with your survival check, you know that the directions don't represent any efficient way to search an area. So they must be like presenting some sort of message. Like the directions themselves are presenting a message that you have to decipher. Okay. Um, are we able to hear that one more time? The whole map? You got it. I can give you the directions one more time. Okay. Sure. And because can... I think I have an idea of what yeah. it is. Okay. The okay. directionals are the numbers that we have to put in. So we have to listen to the directions, like the, the north, south, east, west, uh -huh. count the number for that day, and put that in on the dial. I think. I don't know for sure. So, like, in the first today. day, there was one, two, three, four, five different directional, like, north, south, east, west said. Like, he said, you know, north or south or east or west I see what that many saying. times. The second day, I have it only written down once, but I want to hear it again because I think I might be wrong. And then the third day, I don't have anything written, but again, I don't know if this is right or not. This is my guess. Well, we can follow your theory, and the, from that it would be five, one, I think one. that the numbers in the dial have to do with something that happens in each of the days. So, like, it has to be, like, a number of things that happen. So, like, a number of times that they change directions or a number of times that, I don't know, something. I would if like guys... to observe the dials and see what is on them. Numbers. And uh, as you what Numbers from what to, to what in uh, what one, increments. One to, one to ten. On each of them. Or one to zero, sorry. Uh, like zero, zero to through nine. Zero through nine on each of them, sorry. Zero Single through numbers, yeah. And okay. they are right now on zeros. Uh, actually, they are currently on three, five, and nine. Why don't we just try to open it? Okay. Oh. What if three, five, nine is right? Let's just open it. Uh, the door's not moving. So, yeah, so you guys are taking your time to figure this out. Uh, how do you, like, discuss, like, how this is, like, all gonna, gonna go go down then? I mean, are you working together? How are you doing this? You're certainly not going anywhere without us, I think. No. I think that we have to pretty much just figure this out together. You don't have to trust us, but do you not want to get out before this crazy fog shit comes to uh, us? We need to get out. All right, let's get out. Let's just do this. How are you planning to do this? You like... Yes, I'm something. reading the thing, directions. She's tracing the thing. Yeah. Up. yeah. There you go. And then you're just... You know, I'll, I'll, I'll spin the numbers so you guys don't have to pull anything. So and I am working on... The, I have the map. Okay, right, so you guys are uh, reading the stuff out. Missy, your character is uh, turning the dials... I walk over to the first dial and I realize that I cannot pull it with just the one hand. I have to set my pouch down. Yeah, it's a pretty, they're pretty big wheels, like, so you can move them with two hands, though, for sure, like, pretty easily. Uh, so you guys figure out uh, that as you trace the path uh, that the characters take on the day, that the first number is a three. Missy's character goes up, pulls the wheel, and you hear, like, the stone kind of creaking and a little bit of dust just... <laughs> first one pops. And then, as you guys do your next little bit there, you figure out the second number, four. Clicks into place. And the final number, you guys are having a little bit of trouble with, and it takes you a little bit of time. You're having a hard time figuring it out. Uh, I think so that they said that they started at the anchor, and then... Uh, what did they I don't, say hang on, I'll lead it again. In the meantime... Yeah, so, okay, while they're doing that... While they're doing that, I think that they might be here for what I am here for, and I don't want them getting it. And I'm going to just try to get out of here by 
trying the whole wheel. Okay, so you're just gonna spin the wheel? I'm gonna spin right, so the wheel. you pull the wheel as hard as you can, and you kind of like work through a few of them, but it actually moves rather quickly. And the last one, it clicks, and it clicks and stops on the eight, and as it does, the door starts to slide open relatively quickly. Like, not super fast, but fast enough that you see like a little gap starting to open up as everything shifts and starts to go up. And I am going to book it. All right, cool, so you just, um, you haul ass out the door, and you guys notice that she jets. She left oh, the bag. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, she figured it out while you guys were sitting there discussing things, and she took uh, Six goes and picks up the bag. How, is the door opening quickly, or...? It's opening up fairly quickly. Like, it's not, it seems like it's more on, like, a uh, weight contraption, oh so that they drop hurry, it, hurry, it hurry. springs Come up door, quicker. Um, I'm going to pick up her bag, and then uh, can I, like, crouch down to yeah. see if I can see her? Yeah, so she's already kind of halfway through the entranceway. Uh, you, she makes her way, like, almost to the cave exit. Like, she makes her way towards, like, the actual, like, daylight, you could call it that like fresh air and as she does you kind of see uh that she pulls her hood back turns around and it looks like she's almost waiting for you guys a little <laughs> bit as the door like kind of opens up and you guys rush out is she waiting for us she must want her bag back she does want this <laughs> you're not going to get this no. if you think it is going to be that easy i just wanted to make sure you knew i got you and then she opens her cloak to show you uh, that she is in fact holding the book. It's like strapped to her. And as she uh, takes a couple of steps backwards, you see the shimmering uh, like veil of light and she passes through it and she's gone. What the fuck? Oh, peek open in the bag. What? It's a goddamn rock. <laughs> it's a fucking rock. She puts a rock in the bag. We have been hit. And unfortunately for you guys, uh, you are left up Shit's Creek once again without a paddle. Oh, oh, we are not doing good. Oh, no. good. We are doing very bad. And uh, with oh. that, we're going to pick back up. Somebody's a little different, actually, real quick. Uh, we're going to leave our two heroes uh, where they were alone and confused at the mouth of this tomb entrance. All right, so we flash uh, over to where this portal opens and out pops our hooded character, uh, Missy. You land in this stone floor in the middle of this very large, dark hallway. There are black iron candelabras and chandeliers like lining this space. There are no windows. It's completely like vacant of almost any light in here except for the very faint candlelight that some of the, almost like every like third candle is lit, giving off like this very gloomy kind of light, casting very strange and almost like sinister looking shadows on the walls. It's very, very ominous looking. And uh, from the darkness over your left shoulder, as you appear in this space, you hear, I trust that the mission went well, Katya? I got the book, but I'm gonna need two new assistants. Oh, what has happened? Did we run into some troubles? We ran into a couple bad guys. Hmm. And that's where we'll end our episode. All right, guys, that's a wrap on episode four. Thank you again so much for listening and joining us today. We really do appreciate it. Shout out to all our friends who have picked us up and uh, actually given us a try over the past couple of weeks. This is just a labor of love for all of us. We're doing it for fun, and we really appreciate all you guys coming along for the ride. With that, we'd like to thank a couple of people, mostly just the groups who've been involved with the music here. Uh, Looperman, once again, thanks to Sirenscape for all of the sounds that we have uh, borrowed and used. And check them out for your gaming experience, too. It's a great way to enhance uh, your music at sirenscape.com. 
Uh, check those guys out. Uh, also, shout out to my wife, Allie, for uh, contributing to a lot of the original music that you guys hear today, too. Uh, a lot of sounds, a lot of just little ditties that she put into there. I want to make sure I, uh, I always shout her out for that stuff, too. And shout out to our lovely editor, Sherry, for uh, you know giving us uh, this final finished product that is so awesome. And yeah, just thank you guys so much for checking us out again. Um, to all of you guys who have given us feedback and everything, we appreciate it. We love you guys. And yeah, continue to check us out in the future. Bye.